0: Italians just voted for an outwardly anti-globalist government led by Giorgia Maloney. They joined the Poles, the Hungarians, the far-right Swedish Democrats, pro-Brexit Britons, and of course MAGA Americans in the growing anti-globalism coalition. The incoming Italian Prime Minister has labeled the international regime and globalist leftist ideology as enemies. The attack on the traditional family has especially struck a chord with Italians. It looks like Maloney is already making globalists nervous. Director of European Council on Foreign Relations, Mark Leonard, told the New York Times that people in Brussels are extremely anxious about Maloney becoming an EU Prime Minister. They've seen how disruptive Hungary's Prime Minister Orban can be from a small country with no systemic role in the EU. Maloney, they said, could be a force for a much more virulent form of Euroskepticism. Oh no. Deep State Media mouthpiece, The Atlantic Magazine, shrieked this headline on September 23rd, The Return of Fascism in Italy. Uh Uh-oh. Unfortunately, even if that were close to true, people wouldn't believe it, thanks to a decades-long media propaganda campaign that abused the term to the point of making it unrecognizable. This may explain why these same media studios don't recognize the definable fascist qualities of the Biden regime. Maybe they really do believe fascism is just right-wingers running around with flags. Speaking of truth, the John Birch Society has been working since 1958 to tell people, mainly Americans, about the globalist threat of one-world government tyranny and how to defeat it. Along the way, however, we learned that our message, like the Biden regime, has no respect for borders. Our message has crossed over into countries all over the world, we have made many friends who want the same thing for their country that we want for ours. But so what? What does this all mean? Sentiment and spirited speeches, they're one thing, and we're seeing plenty of that, but driving results is quite another. I'm Paul Drago, and in this episode of Freedom is the Cure, I'll be talking to an expert on the new world order threat and what needs to happen next. But before we dive in, please make sure to like and share this video and subscribe to our social media video and podcast channels. It'll really help us get the message out. So for this episode, I have the honor of talking to Art Thompson, the former CEO of the John Birch Society and an author of a pile of books on the plot for one world tyranny, including Benedict Biden, The World of Soros the UN's Agenda 2030, and many, many more. Art's also an expert on organizing. Art, it's nice to have you. Thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm happy to do it. So I'm really excited about this. You and I kind of touched on a lot of these topics uh, the other day off camera, and so we decided, you yes. know what, this might be fun to talk about. So we started by talking about this election in Italy, and it looks encouraging, and I think you, you and I both agree. But what do you, what do you make of it uh, Is it as encouraging as it looks, or uh, are there aspects of this that, you know, I hadn't mentioned and that maybe we're not considering in the freedom movement?
1: Well, it is encouraging. Uh, It's encouraging for this reason, uh, that the voters in Italy want this kind of change. Now, whether or not it's going to be real, whether or not it's going to uh, pan out to be what has been promised, uh, we don't know yet. Yeah,
0: that's a good point because we're seeing this, and that's kind of what I was alluding at is that we're seeing the sentiment.
1: Now, yes.
0: Now, you're saying there's, and I think this is where it will end up, is just because the sentiment is there doesn't, well, hopefully we can there can be some follow-up on that in policy, right?
1: Well, hopefully, but generally speaking, uh, people don't know how to organize very well on our side of the equation the other side does it's a natural thing for them because they collectivize they're collectivists right yeah and and they can get people together it's a natural byproduct of the way they think we don't think that way leave me alone yeah you know i want to go my own way i want to be my own person i want to think by this and you can think that and we'll be friends but you know like hurting cats, as they yeah. say.
0: Well, uh, but it seems like we we can recognize the threat, but the, but the, when it comes to doing something about it, that's where we kind of we lack the organization, as yeah. as and, you say.
1: And, and another aspect of it is responsibility. Uh, part of freedom includes morality. Uh, we're self-restraining people. Uh, if we are moral, we can be free. If we're not moral, somebody's going to have to control us. Well, wow. and so the thing is, but that a lot of people don't understand about that is is you have moral responsibility. Yeah, to do things that are right simply because they're right.
0: Well, speaking uh, of moral, though, would you would you agree that there is a massive moral element to the awakening that we're seeing? Because one of the things that we hear, and again, to take Georgia Maloney as as an example, one of the things she always talks about. Is the family? Do you attack on family?
1: Well, that's a little different. If, you know, you can believe uh, everything in the Bible, for instance, and live that life. But if you don't actually go outside of your home, and and try and organize uh, that, uh, you know, a freedom movement in your own community. You can be all as as moral as you want, and you can advocate all sorts of morality. Yeah. But if you don't take that moral responsibility to actually get involved and do something with others in your neighborhood, then you, you're going to lose. It's just that simple. Yeah. And so that's the the part that's missing with a lot of people. I you know I don't mind staying at home and watching. Uh, This commentator and that commentator and he tells me things I may or may not know and oh boy, that's really great. But am I getting out of that easy chair and getting out into my community and actually doing something to propagate yeah liberty yeah
0: well let's go back before we go back to this let's let's uh let's go back to this this awakening that we're seeing you've been around for a while and you started the john birch society you know a few decades back i don't want to give away your age what are you 39 (laughs) 49
1: yeah you can put a multiplication uh, (laughs) underneath that uh
0: what i wanted to know is uh, you know someone who's seen you know so much more than me and a lot of others this awakening is this unique We got. I mentioned the Poles and the Hungarians, and we have friends in Poland. And feel free to uh, elaborate on some of that, whatnot. It seems like there is that people are awakening to the first and foremost this threat, this one world threat, which we were called kooks for for a long time, right? right. So, have things changed over time regarding how people, or at least how mainstream the idea of this threat is?
1: Things have changed. Uh, You know, we started a number of. Front organizations. We call them ad hoc committees because that's really what they are. We've never hidden the fact that the John Birch Society is behind these organizations, so they can't be fronts in the sense of the way the communists do it. But over the years, we've been able to get people to understand uh, the background on a number of issues. And that has really what has created this groundswell all around the world, actually, against internationalism. Here, for instance, and you've, you've compiled this. I'll give you credit for this. These, these are just the, the mentions of the John Birch Society in publications where the average citizen, they never read them. They probably never even heard of most of them. Uh, things like the Atlantic Magazine and, and, and things like that that uh, have said, wait a minute. Here's one on the cover right here. It says, uh, the John Birch Society never left. That's from the New Republic. That's from the New Republic, whatever yeah. that is. Well, they actually been around for 100 <laughs> I years. Know, I know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it says, Robert Welch and the John Birch Society were dismissed for years as wackos and losers, but they won the long game. And what they mean by that is that our work, our organization over the years educating people not just here, but over, around the world even, we've been able to to get them uh, understanding the dangers of of what is known as globalism or internationalism or the New World Order or whatever name you want to put on it. And that was becoming a serious problem for these people that want a, 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 the, the conspiracy that wants a one world government. Right. Because it was starting to fall apart. You take a look, for instance, uh, you take a look at Europe, you mentioned Poland and Hungary, Brexit in, in England, these people want out of the European yeah. Union. You take a look at Japan under Abe, they wanted to be Japanese, they didn't want to be part of you know, a, a new world order. Right. Uh, and, and it was the same way in the United States, which coalesced under the leadership of Donald Trump in America First. But we used to have birchers forming organizations back in the 60s called America First.
0: Yeah? You know?
1: Oh, yeah. And so uh, that sort of thing over the years started to educate people as to the dangers of this huge organization over which there's no real control above that organization. Yeah. you got to remember the axiom of uh, Lord Acton. Power tends to corrupt, absolutely. and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Once we're in a one-world government under the U.N. or whatever, there's nothing to stop that from becoming so corrupt. And we, as individuals— Well,
0: the U.N. is already, like, Well, atrociously it's ter- corrupt, oh, It's awful.
1: Yeah? And most people don't know, for instance, that most agencies uh, that, are, that they have in the U.N. are controlled by mem- uh, Chinese— The Chinese control more agencies than any other uh, nationality in the UN. They supply more peacekeepers uh, from the PLA than any other country. Do to, they more than the Europeans, oh, the yes. blue hats and the Europeans? Yes. No yes. kidding.
0: I know we've done a, quite a few pieces on the corruption of the UN, and you know they go into these countries and they they literally rape and pillage it. Oh, it's awful. The, and their invest their investigatory committees do nothing about it. You know no. that's
1: just one of the, the many. Well back in the day we even put out one uh, notorious uh, occupation by UN forces in Africa in in Katanga in the Congo. Yeah. Where they went out and they bombed hospitals, they killed doctors. They, I mean it was just awful what the UN did there to impose a communist government. And uh, and it came by the UN. Right. And so it it's a real serious problem. But people so people are realizing that
0: there is a plan obviously and it's it's so obvious to them especially the European, for instance the brexit set the the those pro brexit english were like we're t- sick of being told by brussels the eu of what what to be what, told what to do and over and over and, and and that seems to be uh the case now they're realizing this is Uh, And so they're taking a different route. They want to be sovereign. They want to be Hungarians. They want to be Italians. They want to be Japanese. They want to be English, just as we want to be Americans. But what's the problem with all this? Uh, You read about Orban, for instance. I don't know how much you've read. But some of the things that he did, I think we would kind of like scratch our head. Like, you know, he took over the media from apparently from the pro-communist. So it stopped spewing pro-communist propaganda, right? But were those means... Was that, is that an example of, of totalitarian-like means?
1: Well, the thing is that, uh, again, going back to square one, the people want this freedom, and they want this nationalism, if you will. Yeah. But the problem is they don't know how to recognize real, real solid, sincere leadership. Take a look at Brexit, for instance. Ever since they've had Brexit, all their le- their so-called conservative leaders have done everything they can to erode that agreement. Uh, and, and and that's what the problem is in the United States. That's why I wrote this book, the shadow In the Shadows of the Deep State. You can take a look at, read this book, and then in the back, I've got a list of, a long list of, of members of the Council on Foreign Relations. Right. Who's... T- uh, main task is to bring about a new world order. Right. So you can sit in front of television and watch a commentator come on and an expert mm-hmm. come on and you can say, oh wait, wait, wait a minute, this guy is right. uh, on the other side. And so uh, the thing is that this is what's happened in Brexit. I've been told by people in, in Poland who are really good solid anti-communist freedom lovers, let's get out of the EU types of people and they tell me that a lot of those conservative leaders that we think in the United States are are conservative and we want to help them mm. are actually old Soviet agents. Wow. Yeah, and so there's in the laws that they have in in Poland in, in many ways uh, are detrimental to freedom of speech. For you and I to get together and actually criticize our government here. Well, of course, under Biden, if you criticize the government... You might find the FBI at your (laughs) door. But but it's not the law. It's not the law. But in Poland, it's the law. You can't criticize the president. And so it's a serious problem. You can go to prison for that. Right. And yet it's a free country, no longer communist, and wants to get out of the EU. So what the people want and what the leadership is may be two different things. Well,
0: is it because maybe... Is it possible that even the people don't realize some of the elements or some of the principles that are at work are contrary to those of liberty, right? Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. One of the biggest problems we have in the United States is that most of our people don't recognize what American exceptionalism is. Mm -hmm. They think American exceptionalism has something to do with, with us as a people. We as a people are, are uh, a, a melting pot of the whole world. So we're no different as a people than the rest of the world. Right. What's exceptional about us is our system of government. And most of Americans have not been taught the uniqueness, the exceptionalism of that system of government and the, the very nature behind it, the, the fact that we get our rights from God. We're the only country that proclaims that in the Declaration of Independence. Are we? We're
0: the only ones who yeah, proclaim no, natural I, rights? I don't
1: know of a single other country that says we huh. get our rights from God. You know why? Because if you get your rights from God, no government can take your rights or control your rights because God controls that, Right. not government. Absolutely. And so we find an erosion of our rights because a lot of people don't remember that. Or and, never learned it in the first place. Or never learned it, uh, absolutely. And and so uh, in these other countries, they don't have these, these basic principles, nor are their governments formed the way our government is formed. For instance, uh, we have a Congress that's supposed to be divided between the people and the states. It's no longer divided between the people and the states since the 17th Amendment. But nonetheless... One is to represent the people, and the other is to represent the state governments Yeah. so that you have a check and balance in itself, but also against the federal government becoming a national government of where it is the all-powerful entity. And so you don't have that in any other country. You have things that are close to it, but even in England— You've got a parliament, right? But you've got a House of Commons and a House of Lords. They don't elect the House of Lords. Mm-hmm. That's an, a hereditary thing. Yeah. And so th- there's nothing that really quite matches the United States. Local police, we're the only country that has local police, where the local citizens through their local government control their own police department, not Washington, D.C., or... Beijing or London yeah. or wherever it may have we be. we've been
0: fighting, obviously, to keep it that way for, for such a long time. Because Absolutely. all tyrants, as we can see, they always get a monopoly on force. So yeah. obviously, if they control...
1: So let me make the point that I'm trying to make. And that is that the citizens of these other countries want freedom but they sometimes don't understand what it is. (laughs) Would you say sometimes or maybe a lot of the times? A lot of the times, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I was hedging.
0: Yeah, (laughs) the way I see it, I, I think, there's a large portion of it where I think they want the perks of co- of a collectivist nanny state while having their freedoms too. I, I think the Canadians are a good example. Can have both. Yeah, I've traveled to Canada. I have family in Canada, and you know, we had a conversation, and they were like, "You know what? I like I like our medical system uh, because I can I I pay my taxes and whatnot, and I walk in there and they take me in and they take care of me, and I don't have to worry about it. So that sounds nice. And but then we saw that now that Canada has control of the that their, their well-being their body we also saw that they uh they knew that they had that control and they were willing to exercise and be tyrants would you do you think that's that's a fair assessment
1: well that's true and we can get on that uh, subject a little bit more in a second but just to give you an idea before the pandemic an awful lot of medical clinics along the border on the on the American side were full of Canadians because they couldn't get into the hospitals mm. on the Canadian side because everybody was taking advantage of this free med- medical care oh. and flooding the, the, the appointments and everything else. So y- you could be on a long waiting list oh. for whatever it happened to yeah, be. yeah. So they had to come into the United States in order to get taken care of.
0: And, and one of the biggest principles uh, that we always emphasize, of course, as our motto is uh, less government, more responsibility because we fully understand that you can't have big government and freedom no right and so i think this is this is crucial and this is why we obviously uh, as robert welch said education is our total strategy and Mm -hmm. truth is our only weapon and it seems like not much has changed in that aside from and correct me if you think i'm wrong the further erosion of our understanding of liberty principles. And this isn't just in other countries, and maybe they have an excuse. They don't have the tradition that we do, right? That's you know, sure. these countries, they come from, from, from very, very collectivist uh, histories. I mean, you're talking about the Poles, the Hungarians. They were under communist rule just like yesterday, three,
1: three hours ago, right? Well, even before that, though, they have a centuries-old history of kings and, yeah. and dukes and so on and so forth. Uh, you know it and, and education away from liberty Germany for instance if you take a look at the you had an organized uh, education of the German people it, regardless uh, and this is before Germany became Germany this was under the the uh, the independent f- uh, fiefdoms of of you know whether it was Prussia or whether it was Bavaria or whatever mm-hmm. it was you didn't have this, until Bismarck in 1870, you didn't have Germany as we understand it today, but they were—they had this organized uh, group of individuals that were educating the Germans towards uh, looking towards the state as the answer for almost everything. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you—in you, my book, I don't have it here. I point out that in 1850 there was a, a minister in the United States that advocated that kind of a system. Uh, Where the what was called the Prussian system Mm. uh, for Americans, which is awful. Yeah, I mean it's just you know bringing children up to think in terms of obeying the state instead of their hearts. You know, that seems to be what's happened here. It has. I mean,
0: it's rare that I run into someone out outside of the the JBS uh, bubble, the, the the freedom bubble, and of course we tend to to interact in similar circles. But I mean, even among conservatives, uh, whether it be the, my neighbors or people at church and things like that I run into, and some of these principles seem very foreign to them when you're talking about some of these these welfare programs, you know, freebies here and, and whatnot. They, they don't make the connection. This is where we are. And it's like it seems like our first job is still major, major education. We have got to change how people realize that the way we got here, was because we wanted more stuff. We wanted the perks of collectivism while still maintaining freedom, and it's impossible.
1: Well, in my lifetime, uh, they took God out of the schools back in the mid-50s. Now, if you can't have God in the schools, then how do you teach the Declaration of Independence? Because it says in there that we get our rights from our Creator, our God. If you can't teach the God element you can't teach basic americanism that's that's the basic first step of americanism it's the belief in god and that's where we get our rights without that everything else starts to deteriorate and fall apart okay and next then then we build on to realizing
0: the principles and values of, of liberty let's move on to organization okay you have a you have quite a you've done you've done it so and then it's something that we we focus on a lot education and then organization uh so now we have these awake people and, and even without you know fully fully understanding all the principles i think you would agree that there's some degree of activism and action that we can that we can take but now we're talking about organization and would you say this is perhaps the hardest thing to get people to do. I think you were saying that at the beginning. So let's let's come full circle. Well, that. it
1: is, but we have to remember some basic uh, statistics first of all to give us hope in that regard, and that is this: that uh, generally speaking, when during the time of the Revolution, seventeen seventies, a third the people were divided into a thirds. Third that wanted a change, wanted to get separated from the English, uh, and there was those that didn't want to be separated. And then the third in the middle could care less one way or other They yeah, were going to go either yeah. way Yeah, not. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. In fact, most people I don't I want to get
0: back to watching Netflix, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> most people don't know that there were more militias fighting on the side of the British than there were militias fighting on the side of independence. That
0: would be me. I had no idea. Are yeah. you sure?
1: Yeah. Most. Oh, absolutely. Most people don't know that. But— the thing, the overall statistic that, that is interesting is that only 3% of the American people actually got involved in some aspect of that, of that independence movement, mm-hmm. whether they were soldiers or, or what have you. And, and that's all it takes. And that's what the communists have always taken over a country with 3%. They always have. Yeah. Because that's the part, you know, 5% run your community. I don't care what it is, city council, Boy Scout leader, whatever it is, 5%. This is that Parada principle, huh? Yeah.
0: I think the Parada principle is actually 20, but it's- But the idea. if you've
1: got 3%, that's 60% of that 5% that run things. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take many people to do it. How did we get from nothing to, to where they say that we, you know, that the world is now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if only that were true, right? Yeah. Not that we want to run the world. Well, we? <laughs> actually,
1: it, it, it is true from the standpoint of, of being able to inoculate the American people with certain ideas and certain principles that we have educated enough people with the members that we have to at least forestall and slow down the agenda on the other side. Let's go back a moment to this, this one world uh, aspect. They were starting to lose that, and we, we talked about you know Japan and and Europe, the European you know Brexit and even BRICS, you know B R I C S. That was where Russia and China and Brazil and, and hmm. India. That was BRICS. Well, Brazil pulled out of that. You know, and they they elected a, a uh, they were able to elect a non-communist as their leader, and and that whole thing fell apart. So there had to be something that they would use yeah. to bring us all under control. Now, what was it? You think it's COVID? Absolutely. There's no question in my mind from the research that I've done that COVID was a planned thing from two, 12 years before it occurred that the virus was going forward and at the same time these outfits and individuals were going forward with, what are we going to do when we have a pandemic? Well,
0: well to, play, to play devil's advocate, okay. um, you know, they did have obviously lots of simulations and whatnot, but to, in their defense or what they would say is that clearly a disease is inevitable, so why wouldn't we prepare for it?
1: Well, I would agree with that except for one thing, and that is all those people preparing for it are also involved in the new world order. Yeah,
0: Gates and his vaccines and
1: yeah i mean they're they're involved in like the rockefeller foundation and gates foundation and and so on and so forth they are all involved in this in this people planning yeah and 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 the great reset and, and agenda 21 and, and all that other and those stuff.
0: those aren't conspiracies anymore you know sometimes i wonder cuz we've used the term the conspiracy the insiders to to refer to this this plot and um, you know, I was talking to a friend a couple weeks ago. He was visiting Wisconsin. He's an engineer from South. And you know, he's like, and I mentioned that. And he, I may have used the word conspiracy. And he's like, it's it's not even. They're out there saying. And of course, you have Klaus Schwab on TVs, like, Z yeah. the future is ours. It's like you can't make this stuff up. And of course, Agenda 2030 or twenty Agenda 21. That you have the 40 goals. You can download the PDF. Uh, And, you know, and, of course, then they'll say, well, no, it's not binding. It's just us talking, you know, hoping communities get on board. But then you see it, and it's being implemented and and whatnot. But going back, you're saying that people were realizing they were starting to lose. I know you had a speech. Was it at the 50th or the 60th where you said, you know, we have them on the run? Uh, And uh, so go ahead and continue with that.
1: Well, we did have them on the run, and and it looks as though this is starting to regenerate, if you will. Uh, Italy is one example. Uh, I mean, they're scared that, that, that their house uh, of cards could fall apart on them at any moment. Mm-hmm. Your friend who says it isn't a conspiracy anymore, it's out in the open. Well, that's because your friend is noticing it, but 95% of the American people haven't. They may have the, the desire for freedom and so on and so forth in their hearts, but they don't know the apparatus behind what is causing this curtailment of their freedom. Uh, you know, they they haven't reached that point. And yet. I don't think most people would know that. But what would you suggest
0: for those who are like, man, I don't have time to learn about the apparatus? You know, I guess I would think it's like as long as they know the principles that we need to apply, they can recognize when things come into their communities and like, oh no, this takes control away from our communities that's a no-no that's a that's contrary to the principles of freedom right
1: yep well i would agree with that except for one thing and that's conspiracy (laughs) because we don't know whether this gal in italy is true blue or not we just don't know only time will tell yeah Uh, but we've seen this sort of thing happen in england Uh, we've seen it happen in poland and and other places where they all stand up and they give a rah, 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 and then behind the scenes they do things that, uh, you know. Well, she uses a word, you
0: know, was it international? Uh, I mean, she uses the the international globalists and things like that. Sure. And I don't think we've had that many, especially heads of states, come out and just say that, that, you know, we are against globalism. We're against, she calls it, I think, the uh, international speculators, uh, she uses that term, but she's obviously referring to this international conspiracy. Sure.
1: Well, she got herself elected, right? <laughs> now what is she going to say? <laughs> yeah, it'd be,
0: it'd be good to see that, but
1: and it's don't it, know. like you said, it is encouraging. It's, it's, it's the old axiom of trust, but verify. It's yeah. don't ever trust a politician, period. I've said this before. I couldn't even trust myself when I was in office, Okay. <laughs> Because people don't understand the pressures mm. that these people come under. Yes, I, I've heard of this. Yeah, it, it's awful. It, it it's like a fog bank starts rolling in. Yes, and you you get it's hard to discern after a while when you've got people coming in and saying, "Well, if you just do this, it'd be that." And it, would you say that that pressure may explain some of the? Uh, some of these
0: checker passes some of these folks that we just can't quite make of what you know What are they are they an Americanist? Are they a globalist? Because we seem to have a lot of that depending on who you talk to so-and-so is uh, is uh, an Americanist and somebody will come say so he's like, oh, no, no, he did this and that he's yeah. would yeah. you say that that
1: that's part of it? Uh, but sometimes it's deliberate. I mean, uh, you know it They do what it takes to get elected for instance If I want to become a member of Congress, and I live in this particular place, and the majority of the voters in that particular place are Democrat, what do you think the party will be that I will want to get elected on?
0: Right. Do you think they all do what it takes to get elected?
1: Well, yeah. Really?
0: (laughs) <laughs> you, you don't think there's some who are just like, man, I didn't ask for this, you know, but I've been propelled to this because of, of what I believe and whatnot. I got to believe there's some folks out there who are the real deal. Oh, there are.
1: I mean, you know, there yeah. are, but, but there are few.
0: Yeah, do you think Trump was like that? You know, I've heard stories that you know maybe Trump was just trying to build up his brand. He didn't really care about being president because it sounded like a lot of work.
1: Well, it cost him an awful lot of money and a lot of heartache, and still does. It still does. It still does. You know, I, w- I wonder about that. I don't. Too. I don't agree with everything that Trump did, obviously, but uh, the thing is that that he, I, I, I do believe at at least to this point that he's a patriot. Let's put it that way. And uh, and and he does believe in America first. That's not to say that he's not going to treat allies fairly and and cooperate with other countries and everything else. But there have been times, when even when he's uh, violated that particular uh, stance. Uh, for instance, when he uh, had the, the USMCA, yeah, uh, uh, no. you know, you had Lighthizer, one of these guys, negotiate that for him, and they don't you know 3000 pages by that time that was implemented there's no way that Trump read that, you know.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine you read that. No, he didn't pages. go down to
1: the, uh, the Oval Office one day. Well, I got some time here now.
0: Yeah, well, he's obviously, he would want to depend on his advisors, And that itself is, is a mixed bag, as, as yep. you know, we obviously don't have time to get into that. We have just a few minutes uh, left, Art. Let's get into the, the nitty-gritty of, of organizing and put out your, your best pitch there. This doesn't happen. Without organizing, people have to realize that this doesn't happen without educating, which I would say sometimes is part of organizing, and then doing the hard work, man.
1: Nothing happens without planning and organizing. Nothing. Uh, think about your own personal life. You plan to go to the grocery store. You plan what you're going to purchase. Uh, and and you, go to, you plan to go to work. And you plan what you're going to do at work. And so on and so on and so on in your personal life. And yet when it comes to government people don't think in terms of planning you know it's all accident or mis- mistakes or that kind of thing but in order to 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 understand organization you have to have basically a, a number of things first of all we've already talked about responsibility but you don't have to understand the problem as well as the solution right and so uh, the thing is that You also have to have some sort of a concerted program. In other words, where a large number of people are working on the same thing at the same time. It won't work if just you and I, for instance, decide to form a little group in our neighborhood, and we go about working on something, but it's a a bigger problem than just our neighborhood, but nobody else is working on that. They're working on other things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work.
0: Boy, if only someone would organize that kind of.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it was the dream of Robert Welch, which became for the first time, and this is the significance of the Birch Society, for the first time in human history, a permanent organization designed to promote Americanism by educating the people and then organizing them into action in a concerted manner. There's a lot of organizations out there that are nothing more than mailing list or email mm. emailing lists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they don't actually do much other than ask you for money, or we'll take care of it. You or know. sign a petition. I think that's sign as a far petition. As it, yeah. yeah, all Thank that you. kind of stuff. And it isn't the fact that we haven't had petitions because we have. Right. We've gotten millions of signatures into Congress on things. But at any rate, organization is a number of people that get together and work together towards a common goal. And it's a matter of saying, I'm gonna take the time to do it. Right. You've got it. and so what's gonna motivate me to take the time to do it? Two things, number one, by knowing what's right and my responsibility to do what's right, but also to know that the problem is there and it makes me afraid of not doing something, that I've got to do something. If I don't, this is what's going to happen to me, my family, and and everything else. And so it's a matter of getting out to enough people till you find that 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 group or that individual that will do those things. Do we just need to find that three percent? We have to find that three percent, but it's a lot easier to find than you think because, generally speaking, those you know, people They'll on our you. side are 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 friends and and uh, so on and so forth with the kinds of people that can make up that three mm-hmm. percent they network in similar circles right? that's correct and so uh it's and then you have to supply it with leadership that's the thing i I had a guy for instance that that was in my neighborhood and he says art he says we got to do something he says but I'm not a leader I says he says I want you to be leader I'll help you all you can and you know that you need and everything else but I'm not a leader and he wasn't and so you recognize his role, huh? Yeah, so he understood. But uh, so you've got to have leadership. And, and you've got, if you're going to say this is the, the thing, then you better stand up for that thing and take the leadership role in it. Right. And that's been the leadership role of the John Birch Society in so many different ways.
0: Right. We have that, uh, like you said, we have that one overarching agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, we put out the monthly bulletin and Mm -hmm. you know, this is what you work on. But we also, there's an individualistic aspect to our chapters, which are spread from sea to shining sea, right, and we organize organize these folks. But let's, I mean, uh, it's no secret that, that even we, and just like all activist organizations, unless I guess they're virulent leftist ones, have a tough time getting people to move, you know? And like you said, me and you, we talk and everyone says the same thing. The problem with conservatives or constitutionalists as we are now is, it's hard to get us working together because we're individualists and, and we apply that, that, that mindset to all aspects of our lives. Yeah,
1: but again, uh, you know, the other side uses fear, okay? To, to get things done. We have to use fear too. Not in the same manner, however. We have to show them, this is what can happen if you don't get involved.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. That's, I've seen that and you know, we've gotten backlash sometimes from that because we we talk about these things like they will take everything you have. They, they will upturn your life. They will take away the life that you treasure. They will take away your, your, your children's future. And it sounds like fear and it is, but it's true. It's true. It's true. Look what we just lived through the last two years. Yep. It's absolutely true. And that's just a snippet of what they will do.
1: Look at what they're doing now, raiding homes of innocent people and, and things like that, using the FBI and so on and so forth. That's ridiculous. People got to have to wake up. That could be them next week.
0: That's Yeah, there's, this is no longer... Um, it might happen. It is happening. It, it will happen to a greater degree if we don't stop it. So, in that sense, if that's scaring you, get to work, right? Get to work. So, where do they go, Art? What do they do?
1: Go to jbs.org. Jbs.org. There John you go. John Society.
0: Yeah, we have lots of information there. Of course, we have yeah. an about if you'd like to learn more about the JBS. And of course, if if then you want to get uh, start getting plugged in and you don't know where to start you can go to take action and we have would you would you suggest that they get a hold of the coordinator we make it really easy
1: absolutely uh the the we're the only organization that has full-time people out there mm-hmm. organizing uh, mon- uh mentoring and monitoring that they get the work done that you know, absolutely. It, it's a it's a very light hand, but but we have that national organization. Nobody else does.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That may be also why. Last point I'll make, approach is you and I have brought up the witness uh, or the testimony of Edward Hunter back in the 60s to a yes. Senate subcommittee, and he was talking about how the, the communists were worried about the anti communist movement. And mm-hmm. I read the thing, and one of the things that was, that was scary was that the government decided that they're not, it's not a concern anymore. They're not, but what was concerning for the communists was that uh, the people, were, were building that uh, opposition. And he mentioned over and over the John Birch Society was the tip of the spear of that.
1: That's and then, right. of
0: course, the tactics that he describes in there is exactly what they have used uh, to try and neutralize it, including the, the word fascist, of course, oh, yeah. which is unfortunate because now that term has been... Uh, has been so misused that we, you know, obviously fascism is a disgusting collectivist notion.
1: I was looking something up for a book I'm writing right now, and I was looking. I looked up the Communist Party of the United States, and I noticed that everything that isn't communist is fascist. <laughs> 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 According to them. Right, right, a yeah. bunch of
0: right-wingers with flags. That's, yeah. a, that's all it takes. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're for capitalism, you're you're a fascist, everything, yeah. you know. If it. you're not
1: a communist, you're fascist. It yes. doesn't matter what, what you believe or not. It's no. unfortunate. Or well, not.
0: Well, thank you, Art. Thank you so oh, much. It's, it's a pleasure as always. So there you go, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. As we've seen, it's not enough to recognize a threat. It's clearly not the problem. We're we're getting there. People are realizing uh, what the threat is. But we need to know the principles and the values that make a nation free and prosperous. And then we need to use that compass toward national restoration and where we live in liberty. We need to know how to help others to get a hold of that that compass as well. And we need to pass the word on. So we have a monumental task ahead of us. We need to neutralize a multi-generation propaganda campaign that has created a public with very little knowledge of constitutional principles and even morality. And we need to get to work. We need to organize and we need to restore American greatness one community at at a time. So our future and those of our children depends on it. Check out the description below for links to help you get started. And remember, whatever ails society, freedom is the cure.